Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Everybody, this is Guys with Bibles. I'm Sean. I'm Scott. And I'm Lee. <laughs> and I'm Lee. Most monotone person I've seen in today. <laughs> Hi, hey. I'm Lee. There, that's better. There that's the spirit. <laughs> All right. But we're doing Nehemiah chapter six today, right? Right. No. That's good. It's only that's been a month. Study. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't we recorded for a while. Go. Right. So We do all our recording in spurts. Right, whenever we get free time with each other. Whenever Scott remembers we're recording. Shut your mouth. <laughs> you, you shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> I've been sassy all day and it's not stopping. Man, that one time where I was like, yeah, we're recording. I even set an alarm. And uh, I was like, yeah, we'll record at 9. And then I fell asleep in bed. And <laughs> Alex goes... Don't worry, I text Lee and Sean told her you were passed out. I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> and then I had juiced up on caffeine in preparation, so then I lay awake in bed uh, with all my podcast energy uh, coursing through my veins and nowhere for it to go. So thanks a lot. You could have recorded an audio blog. So you were like a cat on like a catnip. Basically, yeah. All right, so chapter six. Um, so in this chapter, Nehemiah is so. All right, let's catch us up from one to five. Uh, so Nehemiah previously on Nehemiah. It, previously on Nehemiah. So Nehemiah is has gathered up um, the the nations of Israel um, as they were scattered across the land, um, and King Artaxerxes was his king at the time, and he, he said was, his name right. Did I say it right? I did. Our taxerxes. Taxidermy? Is that what you said? Our taxerxes. You had to go ruin it, didn't you? <laughs> there you go. So he got taxidermy on the brain, and uh, he he was the king of that that era during that time. And uh, Nehemiah was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. So King Artaxerxes he gives Nehemiah permission to go and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, um, basically get Jerusalem back up and running to what it was before. Um, so Nehemiah gathers up the Israelites and then he begins to weaponize them, right? So they're building and he puts them in different areas and they work together to build this wall back to the way it was. And, um, 
as they're being armed, they're facing outside forces that are trying to stop the production of the building of the wall um, because they feel that they should have a hand in it. So in chapter 6, we're going to be diving into a little bit of that um, as we get in through here. Love it. You should I do too. I, I love it. That's right. So... What stood out to you guys? Um, I, I one thing, one um, thing that I uh, go ahead, Lee. Go ahead, I was Sean. just messing go, with no, you. you, Sean. You, Sean, go ahead. You never get to talk. No, no, no. Go ahead. Talk. I was darn just... it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just interrupted you just to mess with you. Great. You now he know. lost his train of thought. Now my throat hurts. Okay, so in 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 verse one, he he's basically talking to Sam Ballot and Tobiah and Geshem, um, um, the Arab, and he's talking about I had rebuilt the wall and that no breach remained in it, although at the time I had not set up the doors and the gates. Um, so what he what he's talking about is the different gates and segments that we have talked about throughout Nehemiah and Ezra. Um, if you want to give a list of the names of the gates, I mean, we can. Do you want to go back gate. to our former episode where we did uh, go through right. it? Right. You could just go back to the, like, one was the was, Dumb Gate. The other one was... Um, Nehemiah, Nehemiah 3 had a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, yeah. the only one we remember is the Dung Gate. Dung Gate, East Gate. Um, so important. There was the Water Gate, um, the Valley Gate. Uh, that's in chapter um, the, two. My apologies. The old gate. Um, yeah, so, Nehemiah two verses nine through really the end of the end of the chapter. Right. Verse twenty. It mentions some of those aspects of the city: right. Dragon Gate, the Valley Gate, the Dung Gate, Fountain Gate, King's Pool. We talked about all that stuff in our episode on chapter two. I think the one the most significant part. I don't know. Yeah, I would say the most significant part of chapter six is the fact that the wall gets finished. Right. I don't. I don't want to move all the way to the to the end, but if we have other stuff we want to talk about chronologically first, right. but so, I think that's kind of the most important part of this chapter is the fact that finally the finished. job that Nehemiah wanted to do is finished, and we still have um, the book is only half done, so there's much more story to tell. The mission was initially was just to build the wall. But in reality, it was a whole lot more than just that. Right. Nehemiah never really planned to go back to being the king's cupbearer. He was going to not only rebuild the city of Jerusalem, but he was going to kickstart the right worship in the temple again. Yep. Yeah, so as we're looking at verses 1 through 3, um, we see that the enemies of Nehemiah are trying to stop the progress of the work that is being done to the wall because it has all been completed except the gates so far. Um, they they wanted to practice by... Their main attack plan was just to attack Nehemiah himself. Um, by removing him from the scene or by at least destroying his credibility with the Jews, they, they reasoned that they might be able to defeat the work. Um, each of their three attacks that they made on him was different, but each was designed to take his life and discredit his effectiveness as a leader. Um, the first attack was more of a subtle attack than the others. 
um, with the plan of Ono. It was named after the town of that he was named. I think that's in First Chronicles eight something. And it was in Ezra too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's Ono, but it might I might be pronouncing that wrong. Um, yeah, Ezra two thirty three. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like pulling that. it up here. Um, uh, which was, it was near uh, Lot, about 25 miles north e- northwest of Jerusalem, and about six miles southeast of Joppa. Um, we get into this, so Ona was near the border of Samaria and Sambalat's home of province. Um, on the surface of this, it appeared that Sambalat and his cohorts wanted to have um, a peace conference, but their hidden motive was to harm Nehemiah himself. And Nehemiah, he suspected the foul play. Um, why would they want him a day's journey away from Jerusalem? They they could have had him earlier than that. Um, well, I think their tactic at the beginning was to uh, shame and uh, scare them to stop on their own. Right, right. And so obviously that didn't work. <clears throat> so now the new strategy is we just assassinate. Right. And and Nehemiah gave them plenty of opportunities to make peace. Um, you know, to just let's squash this and move on. But they kept progressing. Um their second scheme was basically to slander um that happens through five through seven um and then you get into their third scheme which was treachery um where they are that's about what is it six ten through fourteen i believe yeah almost positive yeah yeah Yeah. it's through fourteen yeah so so we get into that and i mean Basically, what we're seeing here is how their plans of stopping the progress of God's project, right, that he has predestined and preordained Nehemiah to fulfill, is not going to be stopped by mere man tactics, right? Right. So so man's will, no matter what it does, it's not ever going to distraught or um, diverge God's plan in any way, shape, or form. So the progress is going to move forward like a steam engine, no matter what. And it's just going to plow through the snow that you lay out in front of it with no problem. You like that? That was was pretty good. That was good. That was pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was pretty nice, good. Nice, 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 Kind of adding, adding on to uh, what you were kind of talking about there, Scott, um, versus, I just wanted to bring up verse, I think it's 11, where Nehemiah, so he's I gone into, you, I knew you would do this. Yeah, he, so he's gone into the house of Shemaiah, uh, which turns out to be a false prophet. Good dude, Shemaiah. But um, in verse 11, I was in eighth Nehemiah... grade him. <laughs> Good dude. So Shemaiah says, 
let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. Um, they are coming to kill you by night. So in verse 11, Nehemiah responds with, Should such a man as I run away? Right. And what man's... And what man such as I could go into the temple and live? Right, because... I will not go in. This would violate God's law, right? Right. So. Yeah, and and oh, it's no. just showing how much uh, regard for the law and the holiness of God Nehemiah has. Right, and that Nehemiah, he, Nehemiah understood that only priests were able to, were allowed to enter the sanctuary. Um, right. Right. You learn this in Numbers 3.10 and chapter 18, verse 7, I think, in Numbers. Um, mm-hmm. um, How it, do you do that? What? R- like, memorize the verses and chapter. I can't do I don't, it. I don't know. I, I have this, like, nerdy... I, I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. It's stupid. I don't know. Like, I know, nerdy, like I'll right. know the... Nerdy. I'll know the verse, like I'll have the words memorized, I but I can't what it, like what locate. It says, but I can't tell you the words to it at all. So but I know comp- the location of it. I'm like, yeah, it's got to be around here. Yeah, yeah but right. you're right. The priests and the Levites are the only ones who had the right to to go in and spend that amount of time in the in the temple. And it's and interesting. Then, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and then, and then, if you continue on in verse twelve, Nehemiah realizes that what's his name, Shemaiah, um, basically has told him to break the law by entering the temple. So, mm-hmm. uh, dun dun dun. Fr- from that, Nehemiah understood and saw that God had not sent him, but had pronounced the prophecy against. Or wait, it says. God had not sent him, but he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Samballat had hired him. So he he figured out pretty quick that, that he was a this false guy, prophet. Yeah. This guy was not legit. Right, right. Yeah, it's he, just like Balaam. He basically understood that <laughs> he would have discredited himself and brought right. himself under God's judgment if he were to right. disobey. Um, if he were to not right. obey God's law. And try to gain safety from his enemies. Um, so Nehemiah was convinced that Shemaiah was a false prophet employed by Tobiah and Sanballat. Um, if, if the governor had entered the temple and lived, his people would have n- know he disregarded God's commands. And once again, Nehemiah prayed this time that God would remember. I don't if you remember in this, he says. God would remember his enemies and judge uh-huh. them for the evil scheming. Um, in this imprecation, he also included the prophets Nodiah, uh, mentioned only here once, and I think um, who with other false prophets was seeking to intimidate him as well. Yeah, it, it, uh, it appears that uh, false prophecy was pretty prevalent around this time. I'm sure, sure it was prevalent most of the time, but well, uh, in my a bad, false prophet had that up. So, Nodaya was did. the prophetess. Sorry, my bad. I I, I made her a boy. I'm Poor boy. sorry. We're so in trouble. Yep. yep uh, you over. know that's it's nice. I didn't, I didn't nice use the proper pronouns. I am so sorry. I am, you know? Maybe maybe Nodaya was gender fluid. 
you know, at this time, there'd, there'd be plenty of reason for a false prophet to, to act this way, because you've got an incredibly hostile enemy force that has taken over the region, and the last thing you want to do is have your head on a pike, because right. you were speaking for, your, for God, and so you're going to tailor your messages uh, that you're required to give because of your office, which, as a priest, this Shemaiah was a priest, um, and make it as friendly as possible. And I don't. I think that temptation is always present for God's people, no matter where they are, because no matter where we are, we're surrounded by people who are hostile to the Word of God. Right. And so uh, it's it would be easy for someone like him to go the way of Balaam, like he's done here, and try to subvert God's people for his own gain and his own security. And we've seen all through Nehemiah that Nehemiah is has great devotion to God. He prays multiple times in the course of this book. Uh, you can tell he's singularly focused on the mission that God's called him to. Uh, in rebuilding the city, and so um, that was one thing I thought was so interesting about his reaction in verse 11, because he's kind of caught between two things. Should such a man as I run away? So he's a great enough man that it would be dishonorable for him to run away from a threat. You know, he's a leader. He's the he's the governor of this territory. He can't just retreat you know, like like right. the last soldier at the back of the line in, in yeah, war. Yeah, it's his, it's his job to set the example for the rest of the people on what, you know, how to stand right. up. And So he's he's a great enough man that he has to hold the line as the leader of his people, but then at the same time, he is he knows that he's a sinner, and he's not a priest or a Levite, and he's not worthy to to spend that time in the temple and, and hole up in there. So he's a great man— in one sense, he's got a lot of authority, worldly authority, um, that he's been granted uh, by God as a leader. But at the same time, he's not good enough to uh, to take up residence in God's temple. That's God's house, not his house. Right, right. And I think that is a that that the fact that he considers those two things at this moment really says a lot about his heart as a believer and his his devotion as a leader at the same right, time. Right. Exactly. I mean, Nehemiah, he really sets the standard for the rest of the prophets. Um, to, in my opinion, Nehemiah, really, he is probably one of the most stand-up dudes that is throughout the Old Testament. I he, mean, He, he runs had, the risk of looking sinless, right. like, kind of like Joshua. He really does. And I mean, he, uh, he knows the law. He understands what God wants, and he is obeying God's will to the command almost as it as it appears through Nehemiah um, it doesn't seem like there's any um, resistance I should say you know with Nehemiah it's it sounds really that he is obedient to the very end with God um, right yeah he he understands the law he understands that to disobey God is basically to just condemn himself so he has the fear of the lord in him so he he has that wisdom and knowledge that if i disobey god i might as well just cast myself off you know and and just commit to the judgment but he he understand understands the power of the hand of god as we have seen throughout ezra and throughout nehemiah 
that the hand of God is at work during this time. So he understands not only the the strength of the hand of God, but also the protection of the hand of God against his enemies. So he knows that God has got, he's in control. He knows that this is, this is all going to be taken care of. I have nothing to worry. My life is but, but smoke and air, just a vapor. I mean, Mm -hmm. if, if I die during this battle, it's still going to continue. You know, God's plan will still continue no matter what, if I'm not on the board anymore or if I'm off the board. So he mm-hmm. understood his place as a creature instead of worshiping false idols and obeying the creatures, you know. So right. he Well, and and I think that kind of transitions nicely into um one part of the last section of this chapter verses 15 through 19. Um Nehemiah was as we've said very devoted to God's law, was an upright person, a God-fearing and God-honoring person. And we see, I'm kind of fascinated by the last verses at the end of this chapter that kind of show one of the big reasons why it is it was such a terrible idea for uh, the men of Judah to start uh, taking, well really I should say the the people of Judah to begin taking spouses from the the people in the surrounding areas because it turns I out knew, i knew you were gonna go there <laughs> touche it, it you know i feel like there's there's a lot of interesting almost kind of cinematic plot twists in i was in gonna this say chapter. this is like a scene right. from a soap opera absolutely like oh no the guy who took me in and helped me was really hired by my enemies and then <laughs> and then it turns out that my enemy is so effective at being my enemy because he married one of our people. He's my son-in-law or, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. And and they also think that Tobiah was also a trade partner with a lot of the Jews um, because the Jews were very, they were kind of loyalists to Tobiah, perhaps mm -hmm. having contracts, trading contracts with him. Sure. That's why they kept... He had the legitimacy within the community because he was married to a Jew, right. um, and he had a prominent father-in-law, and so a lot of people, I think, had worked with him, got to know him. I think he would have been at all the festivals, and he would have been rubbing elbows with a lot of people in the community, even though he himself was an Ammonite, you know, a, a historical enemy of the people of God. So he's his, kind of been able to subvert Nehemiah from within the community. Um, and maybe it's because he he hated the fact that Nehemiah's ministry that he's on here was an extension of Ezra's ministry. Um, when you know Ezra was, as we saw as we studied the book, was kind of cleaning up the gene pool, so to speak, and uh, requiring the men to let their foreign wives go. Um, he was one I think that hung around through that uh, through that time, and his wife, I I would assume disobeyed that teaching from Ezra, and then continued by Nehemiah, and would not release him and take a a, a Jewish husband. Right. So he's kind of a symbol of the defiance of of unbelieving Israel. Boom. I don't really have anything to add to that. That was really good, Lee. Yeah. Way to just wrap it up, Lee. 
Now, one thing, uh, the father-in-law of Tobiah was Shechaniah, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. And what? where else was he mentioned? I believe he was mentioned in Ezra as well, but I I'm, don't... I was going to say, I... I, I thought he was mentioned in Ezra somewhere. I I believe so. I'm I'm flipping through right now, trying to find him. It sounds uh that name popped out to me. Familiar. Yes. Well, he's through Chronicles. Uh, yes, chapter eight of Ezra. Get okay, to the yeah, right yeah. verses here. Uh, Shethar Bozania. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> of the sons Not of Shechaniah, again. who was of the sons of Parash, Zechariah, with whom were registered 150 men. So he was kind of one of the he was one of the prominent names of the of the sub communities within the uh, Jewish people at the time. Which right. kind of backs up what you said about him having a prominent father-in-law. So right. Very and then good. there was also a Shechaniah who was the son of one of the heads of houses, too. Oh, okay. So this, this Shechaniah was the son of Ara. Right. Chapter um, 7 is going to be a mess. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, we're not reading it. Well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> if we read it, it's all Lee. Oh, I'm yeah. fine with that. You know what? I'll I take love... it. I'll take a shot at it. <laughs> you know, we, yeah, we're gonna a, live up. I need a good laugh. <laughs> In that case, we're gonna live up to the ad that was on the bar podcast of, about uh, mispronounced Old Testament mispronounced names. Old Testament names. <laughs> Zerubbabel, <laughs> Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azaria, Ramia. Our ta- our taxerzies. It's gonna Tax-er-Z. be amazing. <laughs> All right, so Lee, where can they find us? They can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Podcatcher of your choice, Guys with Bibles. Please listen to us there. Uh, you can also listen to the podcast on the website, guyswithbibles.com. There's a podcast tab where you can find all of our podcast episodes and stream the audio on there in case you don't subscribe to podcasts. While you're at the website, go ahead and click the blog tab and read our blogs. Our our covenant with our readers is that we have two blogs a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I hope we can keep up that schedule. Um, by God's grace, we will. Now, yes. on to social media. Someone, please read them. Please read them. Please. just Other than just them. us, as we proofread them. Uh, <laughs> on to social, social media. Uh, go to where it all began. Facebook. Uh, find the Guys with Bibles community there. Uh, request to join. We'll get you in there. Have, have some fun. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Both of those handles are at Guys with Bibles. Right and on. then also, if you want to speak with us directly, you can always email us at guyswbibles at gmail.com. Or if you want Lee's phone number, it is... No! No! <laughs> no, 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 So, we're Guys with Bibles, and we're out. Hey, Lee, you sure you don't want me to give her the number? Uh, no. <laughs> he got so scared. <laughs> 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 <laughs>